young whippersnappers, turn on that infernal racket. It's time for my favorite radio program, Comedy for the Blind. Take it away, cook sweet fellas. Welcome to Cars, Trucks, and Motors. I'm your host, Terry. And I'm also your other host, Phil. And we're here to answer your questions as to how they relate to cars, cars trucks, and motors. All right, Terry. So, I got a big old question for you. Okay. What's been going on with you, Terry? You good? Yeah, Phil, I'm good. What's up with you? You good? Sure, Terry. Well, that's good to hear, Phil. All right, let's go to the phones. First caller, we got Alex out in Waltham. Hey, guys. First time, long time. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and get to it, Alex. Well, basically, I've got a 97 Sabre, and lately I'm getting intermittent vibration. Uh, mm. A lot of time it'll occur when I'm going uphill or when I'm braking in a 35-mile-per-hour zone. Uh, I thought it might be bad CV joints or maybe a loose subframe, but my mechanic... Let's stop you right there, Alex. What color is your car? Wait, what color? Um, yeah, what is the color of your car? Oh, uh, it's kind of like green, blue, I guess? Was that what I asked? Uh, no, that's not what that's you asked, Terry. Look, Alex, Alex out from fucking Waltham, <laughs> if you want us to help you, you're going to have to be more specific about the hue of, of your, your vehicle. Right. Is it yeah. mostly green with a little bit of blue? Right. Is it aqua? Is it Viridian? Seriously, Alex, what color is your fucking car? Sorry, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's mostly green with a little bit of blue. Okay, that's more like it. That sounds like a car. So here's the thing, is that with green cars... It's a green car problem. A lot of time, they're going to not do so good if they got bits of other colors or hues in them. Classic mix-up. We had a guy a couple years ago, he had this green car. That's right. There were tiny specks of red, red. spray paint in it due to a vandalism. I was a chic. The guy was a chic. Mm. It was a hate crime because the vandal apparently hated sheiks hated or something. Them. Me, love them, love sheiks. It's true. Terry, married to sheik. I am married to a sheik. Enough about your husband. This sheik cleaned the car. I'm talking sheik clean using soap and bleach. But then, get this, it's a lost cause. Okay, so should I? Even the littlest bit of red will straight up homicide a green car. That's right. First Cold. degree green. Yeah, so Alex, what you're gonna wanna do is get some green paint. Can you say this with me? Green. green. It's no. got to be green. It's like a bunch of grass fucked a frog. Like right. that kind of green. Right. All right, so take that green and repaint your car. Okay? Sad to say. Sad to say it's the reality, though. So what you got to do, try to make up for all the years of blue that you put it through. A lot of blue trauma that car's been through. And then you know what? Do it again. Do it again, just to be safe. That's right, Phil. Okay, cool. So paint my car twice. Got it. Yeah. Hang up now, please, Alex. Thanks, guys. Next caller, we got Tina and Linfield. Go. Hey, guys. Big fan of your show. Thank you, Tina. That means a lot to us. Same Me to too. you. Same to you. Is your call pertaining to a car, a truck, or a motor? Well, I'm actually not sure if it's my clutch or something else. I drive a Prelude Coupe, and it's been popping out of fifth gear. I started attaching a bungee cord from my dash to my gear shifter. That's good thinking, Tina. The interior of my car? web of bungee cords. Yes. Dense. It's like his car's playing Cat's Cradle with itself. It's fucking beautiful. Tina, let me ask you this. It might get a little technical. Is it only popping when it's in fifth gear? Uh, yeah. I figured it might just be a warm fifth gear cluster. 
Oh, cluster? Did she say cluster? She did. It's like some yeah, oats or like some honey bunches. I'm going back to Costco. I'm drawing a blank. I don't know what she's talking about. What, like, what do you think, Phil? Okay. I'm, not, I'm really not sure. Okay. Now, the fifth gear is one of five gears that propels your car forward. Right. So the others being one through four, which are randomly kind of distributed throughout your car. This lady, what was her name? Gina? Gina. Tina. Tina. T Gina to Tina. Tina and Linfield. You seem to only have issues with your car mm. when you're in these forward gears. Do you have any reverse gears in your car? Uh, obviously, yeah. I just have the standard one, reverse. Stick with that. Stick with that, then that's yeah, so yeah, a no-brainer. Yeah, no-brainer. Okay, I can do that. Hey, uh, before you go, one last thing. Do you have a sunroof, Tina? Actually, yes, Terry. I do happen to have a sunroof. Well, it might be overheating, too. Right. It seems like it could be overheating. Yeah. So from now on, always drive backwards and start calling you a sunroof and moonroof. It's uh, that ought to do it. Okay, that's solid advice, guys. You guys are the best. Thanks so much. Happy to help, Tina. Next caller, Danny in Hyannisport. What's up, Danny? Hey, Phil. Hey, Terry. You guys good? Yeah, well, yeah we're good, Danny. You, you good? Yeah, guys, I'm, I'm good. How about you, Terry? You good? Yeah, I'm good. Danny, yeah. you good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm still good. Okay. Next caller, Brett in oh, Worth. Oh, hold on for a sec there, Phil. I got, a, I got a real quick truck question for you. Yeah, so you got a truck question for us, Danny, or oh, what? Yeah, I do. All right, so I drive this big fucking beautiful red truck, okay? It's got a handful of tires, some spinning knobs, windshield wipers. Wipe the fuck out of my windshield. Sounds like a hell of a machine. I right? don't know what the problem right, is. Right, right. Well, here's the thing. For some reason, the truck doesn't have that big flat section in the back. It doesn't wow. have it. Wait, it does or it doesn't? It does not. Hold on, Danny. Uh, He's not making any sense, Terry. Okay, so you know how most trucks, picture a truck, guys. They have a big flat area in the back, right? So you can put stuff in it. Like, you could put all the big stuff in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That flat section, you can put big piles of, like, sand. Sand. Or, uh, like, a bunch of lawn mowers. Lawn mowers. Or maybe uh, some water jets. Water jets. That's actually exactly what I'm looking to move. And yeah, here's the problem. So my truck doesn't have that. Your truck doesn't have water jets? Well, my truck doesn't have the big flat part in the back that I've been talking to you about. Is this Terry? Is this Phil? This is Phil. Phil, I don't got a flat part in the also, back of my Terry truck. Also, Terry is also here. I Terry, should clarify. Terry, could you tell Phil that I don't have a flat part in the back yeah, of my so truck? So, Phil, he does not have the flat section okay, okay. in the back of his truck. Well, Danny from Hyannisport, what does this elusive mystery vehicle have? Well, uh, just some more seats, really. There's, this is like another row of seats behind me when I'm driving. Some more seats. I gotta say, Phil, I'm, I'm stumped. All right, Danny. Is your flat section imperceptible to the human eye? Is that possible? I hadn't, I hadn't considered that. Mm. Okay, Danny. Well, you're going to want to get yourself a robot. You got a robot? No. Okay, you're going to want to get yourself a robot. <laughs> There's your problem. All right. I need you to take the turnpike, go up to Sears and Robics, ask for the best Japanese robot they have. I'm talking bleep bleep, zeros and ones and all that. A robot. When you get this robot, do not speak to it until you bring it back to Hyannisport. Take the robot out of its box, plug it in, have the robot scan the truck, and say, hey, robot, where is the flat section? If the robot does not see the flat section either, you gotta get rid of this truck. Danny, was that helpful? I'd throw that truck out, I'd drive it to Bahaba, I'd throw it right into the river, and get a truck that looks less like a car, like Danny. A car what are you doing? Sakes. Yeah, it's too close, it's got identity issues. Next column.
This episode of Comedy for the Blind is brought to you by when it's your turn in bowling and you don't get a strike, so you have to turn around and face your friends, but should you shrug, should you shake your head, or just play it by ear and just assess whether they're engaged in like their own conversation, in which case maybe just avoid eye contact altogether and, I don't know, play it cool like you're going to choose a different ball to roll next. Welcome to Movie Talk. So a couple nights ago, you guys went to the theater without me. Um, What did you guys see? Ralph breaks the internet. Wreck-It Ralph breaks the internet. Wreck-It Ralph breaks the internet. Okay. What did you think? I enjoyed it. It was a sequel, so uh, obviously it couldn't, um, didn't surprise me as much as the first regular Ralph in terms of how much I liked it. But, you know, they nailed it with jokes. We were LOLing. And, um, yeah. I was happy. I was happy watching it. What was, um, what was your favorite part? Of Wreck-It Ralph Breaks the Internet? Yes. Wreck-It Ralph Breaks the Internet. It's, it is not that hard. I'm trying to remember there's a few specific jokes that really got me. Yeah, I think probably the, the part where she meets all the Disney princesses. You know, nostalgia maybe it was. Um... Seeing each of them little ladies use their powers. It was cool, man. It was cool. Mulan. Pretty hot. Right, yeah. I mean, I think that's the, the, the taste in my mouth during the movie was uh, I'm being fed a commercial for all of Disney and every internet company that's, that's here. And although that's fine, it's hard for me to watch an animated movie and not think about uh, that this is a text. This is like them reading Bridge to Terabithia or something. Like, I know how influenced I was by movies as a kid. We all, I mean, how many references do 90s kids share? And like, that's fine to all have a common joke together. But like, these are morals. Uh, and I am not a moral policeman by any means or to say this is what people should act like, but this is what kids are seeing and are really burrowing into their brains. And I know it's, the companies that make them are definitely thinking about it. They are could not be more, like, you know, focus grouped and seen by about 50 different people saying, like, Ooh, are we sure we want to do that? Are we sure we want to do that? And like, well, let's put in a few jokes for the adults and stuff like that. But John C. Riley, always great. No one plays sincere better than him. The casting, I think Sarah Silverman's great. There's a lot of great people. I enjoyed Ragged Ralph, Two Breaks the Internet. What did you guys do before the movie? We went to... Yard House, decent American pub, had a basketball game on, we watched LeBron James do some work, we ate some soy vegan wings, we ate some truffle fries, we ate some cauliflower wings, and we ate some Brussels sprouts and potatoes, we really that's the Grand Slam. That's widely known as the vegan Grand Slam. And um, it was great. I had a beer with my bro. So, do you want to know what that was now? 
I don't know. I mean, I'm fucking curious, but... Basically, we might as well record this. Okay. So, full disclosure to the audience, Nate had no idea what we were recording today. Everything I say, I'm going to speed up by two or three times. So, and everything you said, we're going to slow way the fuck down. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, you just have that high chipmunky voice and I'll just have like a real berry... What's his name? Manila? No, no. Well, very white. Very white. Wow, that's a great. Yeah. So the initial idea, because if you ever listen to a podcast, if you accidentally hit half speed or yeah, double speed, right. it's like funny. It's a big difference. Yeah. So Trav and I were talking about doing that with like uh, just a simple movie, having two people talk about movies, and we'll say one of them was on cocaine, one of them smoked weed. And I never yeah. really. Right. Didn't, I didn't like us knowing ahead of time who was going to be who mm -hmm. and also i don't like the stoner joke yeah. of being uh so then i thought well actually nate could just be if i just ask him what he liked about movies he's gonna be pretty <laughs> concise so my answers being short and kind of dumb worked out perfectly i thought it was funny a, the sister it was good LOL. she was all sciencey and <laughs> So I was trying not I to laugh. fucking appetizers. So the appetizers, <laughs> I'm either going to... Uh, the appetizers came Coming for the Blind is brought to you by Targeted Target Ads. We're listening and we know you need that Morona shawl collar for your closet. Take your order. Um, Hello? Sorry, one second. Um, just need a minute here. Sure, take your time, ma'am. Did you say ma'am or man? Uh, poke your head out the window for a second. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I said man. Sir, are you ready to order? Um. Ugh. What is a taco dia? A taco dia is two tacos that have been flattened to fit within a cheesy quesadilla. Fuck, that sounds incredible. I know, sir. It's very exciting. How many taco dias would you like? Uh, none, at least not yet. Um, I still have some questions. Right. What is a what is a Mexican burger? I mean. It, it's like a Mexican hamburger. No, I mean, uh, what makes it Mexican? And actually, while I have you, how is it a burger? Well, it's Mexican because it's got taco seasoning on it. And the lettuce is slightly more shredded than what's atop a traditional burger. And it's a burger because it's on a bun. Okay, yeah. Well, I thought this was all about, like, thinking outside the bun. That's correct, sir. We are all outside of the bun right now, but sometimes outside of the bun you will actually find buns. Fair enough. Well, that burger sounds horrible. Um, so maybe just hook me up with one or two gordupas. Two gordupas right away, sir. What sauce blend would you like? I, I don't know. We have ranch um, and ranch Fritos. What did I just order? 
Yeah, so a gordupa is a gordita, except for it's in a chalupa shell. Oh, okay. But so wait, what's the difference between a gordupa and just a normal chalupa? A gordupa just looks like a chalupa, but it behaves like a gordita. All right. So, so you guys, you don't sell a, a chalita here? Uh, maybe. What, what is a chalita? Well, a chalita would be a chalupa that has been gorditaed. Well, I don't think that you can gordita something, but I will double check on that. Can I recommend our Tijuana roll? Uh, no, absolutely not. If that is sushi, you cannot sell me on Taco Bell sushi. I think I, I think you might change your tune. Listen, hear me out. Instead of seaweed, we use a whole bunch of cilantro. And instead of rice, uh, we use taco beef. And then all that's held together with a thick layer of pre-fried beans. Sorry, did you say pre-fried beans? Yes. Right. So just beans then? Yes, sir. But they're beans that have been told they'll be fried eventually. That is wild. Um, and no, I do not want the Tijuana roll. Okay, well, what about the polo chicken? No, no more recommendations. I, I, I just frankly want to get out of here. Is, is there someone else I can talk to? Hello? I, I've been nothing but good to you. Look, so man, I've I didn't I've always mean... had your best interests in, at heart. It's, it's all I care about. It's okay. I, I'm not upset. I... Don't worry about it, Sydney. All right, man. I, look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I just... Look, the longer I sit at Taco Bell, the more I hate myself. You, you get that, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I have a good idea. Look, forget I said anything. Let's just go back 30 seconds. Uh, you don't need to get your manager or anything. All right, that's good, because all, all of Taco Bell's managers are currently suspended. Right. Okay. Well, just give me the uh, biggest hybrid stupid Mexican mistake that you guys have and uh, I'll be on my way. Very good sir. That'll be the Ouroboros. I mean I, I gotta ask. It's a series of chimichangas shoved inside a barupa, dipped in a taco, and then smothered in crisp Pepsi sauce. That sounds awesome. I'll, I'll take one of those. We only sell them in three packs. Your total is 471. Pull up to the second window. This episode of Comedy for the Blind is brought to you by Toilet Seats. Seriously, think about what they do. What they've seen. Rough stuff. Thank you, thank you. Before we begin, I, I just want to ask you a few questions. You see how quiet that got? <laughs> I'm not looking for tributes. This is not a, not a hunger game. <laughs> no, by show of hands, who here knows someone who is very ugly? Think hard. A colleague, a, a friend, Hell, maybe a spouse. I don't know. Don't worry. This is anonymous. It's just someone that is in your life, someone who you consider to be not good-looking. 
Okay, put those hands up. Good. Interesting. Lots of hands. Okay. All right, put your hands back down. Now, let's pretend that what we just did is happening concurrently everywhere in the world right now. So, in every city, on every street, some TED Talks guy like me asks a crowd of people if, if they know anyone who's ugly. So, kind of like a, a synchronized global survey. By show of hands, who here thinks that they might be the ugly person that someone else is thinking about right now? Let's say maybe you have a mailman who was asked to think of the most unattractive person they know, and bam, your face came to mind immediately. Put the hands up. I see one over there. Good for you, sir. I'm sure you're right. Okay, that's it. Oh, there's one. one. One bald guy in the back. Okay. So two of you. In an audience of 300 people who all enjoy spending their Friday afternoons in a lecture hall. <laughs> Greg, can you turn on the house lights, please? Oh, you fucking liars. I knew it. I knew it. Look at you all. You, 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 you. Why weren't your hands up? What? Sir, I'm 50 yards away and I can see your pockmarks. <laughs> Obviously, I knew this would happen, but I, really, this is the most busted crowd I've ever seen. <clears throat> All right, turn the house lights off. <laughs> you don't lack for self-confidence, I'll tell you that. Let me introduce myself. My name is Dr. Kevin Lomax. I teach biological physics at Pepperdine. Yes, I am a physicist. I, I do not work for hotornot.com. <laughs> I am indeed a physicist. I study how particles interact and how systems are arranged on both micro and macroscopic levels. I do all of this to figure out what makes something ugly. The science of beauty is fairly simple. I'm sure you've all heard the idea that facial symmetry is, is what determines someone's attractiveness. Well, let's look at the proof. Here's a picture of Denzel Washington. As you can see, the man is flawless. Left side, right side, the same. Here's a picture of Halle Berry. Stunning. I think her right eye might sag a little bit more than the left in the corner there, right there with the laser pointer. But it's, it's slight. It's slight. You really can't tell, can you? For all intents and purposes, Miss Barry is perfect. Okay, number three. This is Helen Hunt. Not bad. Way out of my league. But if I had to, I don't know, drawing a line down the middle of her face, I, there are some... There are some things askew, right? The package is a bit janky. And keep in mind, this is a picture from 1995, so Twister era. And yet, peak hunt, it's still easy to spot the asymmetry. And despite that, she's in the top 98 percentile of people walking around. I, I want everyone to do me a favor. Hold up your phone and take, take a picture of this Helen Hunt slide that I, I have up right now. 
Instagram it, snap it, whatever. Just take the picture. Okay, keep holding your phones in that position. Now, invert it to selfie mode. Okay, do you see that? That's, so that's what you look like. <laughs> it's repulsive, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, do, do me a small favor. Please take that selfie and just text it to the cell phone number listed here. It's not a trick, don't worry. I, I just like to see who attends my talks. So my point with all this is that symmetry and molecular perfection is by and large unattainable, whether you're a run-of-the-mill physics professor or a four-time Emmy nominee. The science behind this is not surprising. In any given system, order surrenders to disorder. Glass shatters. Candles melt. Shit always happens, doesn't it? And we don't need to have a doctorate in probability to understand that the likelihood of shit happening is much higher than that of shit not happening. Uh, frankly, a PhD in, in bumper stickers would do. <laughs> now, as this pertains to physical attractiveness, we call this concept facial entropy, which basically just a mathematical expression of what we intuitively understand. Most people are gross. If we break it down, the proportion of available symmetries versus available asymmetries, well, it's an unfavorable ratio, isn't it? And we've known this for thousands of years. They used to have a saying for this in Athens. There is one kind of beauty and a thousand different uglies. Whether they grasped the calculus behind it or not, the, the Greeks, when, when they saw their reflection, they, they knew that they were looking at a, a complex system full of variables and patterns and enough quantum microstates to make an abacus short circuit. <laughs> Thankfully, now it's 2019. We, we have the tools, we have the instruments. We can, we can measure your chin and and multiply it by the angle of your nose and divide it by the square root of your cheekbones. And that'll give us a quantifiable understanding as to the friction of your face. But the Greeks, they were onto something. One kind of beauty, a thousand different uglies. Or maybe just 300. This is a collage of the selfies you just sent us. It is a truly staggering mosaic of imperfect adults. Each one of you more beat than the next. Look at this guy of, of soft jaw fame and the eyebrows that nearly overlap. Or, or this girl down here on the right, who despite the gaunt lips and abscessed tooth is doing her best to smile the ugly away. Go right down the line. Each one of you, a hideous, perfect example of facial entropy. Now, I, I know I'm being mean, I, I promise. This, this is not a scheme of mine to, to get laid where I, I stand on stage and I nag 300 people all at once just because there is a reception afterwards in the lobby. And yes, casting a wide net is the smartest way to fish. No, I'm doing this because I want you to ask questions. Like, why, Dr. Kevin Lomax? Why 
are we so disgusting? Why is every tenth person I meet good-looking and the other nine card-carrying ogres? It, it doesn't make sense from an evolutionary view. Beauty is, is being easy on the eyes, right? Like, that's how symmetry works. Our, our brains actually understand it quickly. Asymmetry, on the other hand, is it's harder to process. That's why we say ugly people are, are tough to look at. That's us literally acknowledging the brain's difficulty in making sense of asymmetry. So how has natural selection allowed this to happen? Well, first of all, let's take it down a notch. You see, we, we too often bow at the altar of evolutionary biology and, and presume that nature as we see it is the consequence of millions of years of design by survival. But if that's the case, why do human men have penises four times the size of the average gorilla? <laughs> it's true. It's true. Go to your local zoo. Is, is there a reproductive benefit to having impressive genitalia? Maybe. I've heard all the jokes. It stands to reason that the, the bigger the penis, the shorter the distance sperm needs to travel to fertilize the female ova. But I'm not convinced. This is a picture of a chimpanzee, our closest ancestor. Zooming in, look at the phallus. Modest. Smooth. Tapered. Now think about Michael Fassbender. <laughs> There's just no way that male primates have that kind of six or seven X increase in size in just a few thousand generations. It's, you're going to have to explain it better than, than chicks dig the long ball. <laughs> the shape of the human female is equally confounding. Titties serve a biological function, but with over 5,000 species of mammals on this planet, ours is the only one where the female titties remain enlarged beyond just lactation and ovulation phases. Fox titties, bear titties, dolphin titties, they're only big when they need to be. Humans, if you get big titties at 13, you gots big titties for life. <laughs> what about buttocks? Surely wide hips indicate an ability to bear offspring, but the degree to which that has been exaggerated and twerked over, sorry, tweaked in the human female over millennia is beyond what's proportionally necessary. You see, when a trait is passed from generation to generation, it's, it's not just the trait that's inherited, but the preference for that trait, which compounds, and it creates a runaway effect where your children and your children's children will just have more and more junk in their trunks. And my children and my children's children will collectively be more turned on by all that extra junk. Evolution, it seems, is as organic as it is decadent. Now that doesn't answer your original inquiry, does it? As, as to why so many people in 2019 are homely. After all, we've been slowly curating, as I just showed you, as a species, the best collection of dicks, butts, and titties that we could possibly conjure. But when it comes to faces, shit out of luck, Chuck. 
Speaking of Chuck, if Darwin's rule is survival of the fittest and beauty is traditionally a sign of health, well then why is everyone you meet so busted? It's not like being beautiful is a disadvantage in areas that aren't mate selection. What about socially? Compared to their fugly counterparts, studies show attractive human beings have more friends, better jobs, higher salaries, and often don't die until well into their 200s, if at all. Meanwhile, normal people, or the grotesque, as Madison Ave calls us, are more likely to be perceived as untrustworthy, poor, probably evil, and definitely sad. So why are we still around, right? Me? You? You, sir? <laughs> the bottom 90. How has natural selection not rendered us officially obsolete rather than just de facto? Well, I'm going to tell you, or at least my theory. I haven't tested it yet. As much as nature values beauty, it has not become a universal trait because there is no adaptive benefit to blending in. I'll say it again. There is no adaptive benefit to blending in, unless you're a chameleon or one of countless species that camouflage themselves. But I'm talking about us. I'm talking about humans. And when it comes to humans, it pays to be distinctive. How can you choose a mate if everyone looks the same? I'll leave you on this anecdote. So primordial woman, right? She, she goes to this fire party and she, she meets a guy and he's all, Hi, I make this, you pretty, fire good. <laughs> I don't know why he sounded so vaguely Eastern European. And she's like, I'm Candace, don't wear it out. I don't know why she sounded so dumb, but she did. That's just how it came out. <laughs> anyway, Candace meets caveman. She thinks he's fine, but she's not going to just fuck him there, right? She's not some cave slut. She's going to make him work for it. She's going to wait till the next fire party. And so she does. Puts on a little extra makeup, hikes the skirt up, just 10%. She's hoping to get noticed. She goes to the fire party. She doesn't see him. Now, all she sees is just a herd of Denzel Washingtons. All perfect. All with these butterfly faces that are impervious to environmental stressors. Sure, it's, it sounds like a great dance circle, but that's not going to help Candace find a man. Until suddenly, she recognizes the guy from last time. He's not as handsome as the Denzels. He's not even as talented. Think uh, Cuba Gooding Jr., in that moment when she sees Cuba, Candace doesn't care. It doesn't matter that there's barely a half inch that separates Cuba's mouth from his eyes. <laughs> She's just happy to find the one guy who's different. And that's how we all got here. Each one of us, an unmistakable, unique version of repugnant. Make no mistake, entropy is undefeated. Glass shatters and candles melt. 
But do you know when a candle is most boring to look at? Before it melts. Before the wax drips in whatever direction and speed and pattern and distance that it's going to. Before it becomes something new. Something striking. Something beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Cook Street Productions. Thanks for listening. Did you laugh? If you laughed, please write down the exact moment in minutes and seconds that you laughed and write a handwritten letter to Cook Street Productions in Los Angeles, California describing when you laughed and why you laughed. They'd really appreciate it. Goodbye.